You are listening to Holy Commutes for Monday, April 10th, 2023. This is our second Monday episode of the 2023 April season, our 15th season here on Holy Commutes. Holy Commutes is the only daily morning podcast dedicated to all things Wiffle Ball. Um, this is your normal Monday host, Paul Cook, here for my brother Tim for our, like I just said, for our second week of uh, April. Um, we're almost ready to get started with the 2023 Wiffle Ball season. A lot of leagues, a lot of tournaments starting in April and, and into May. Um, you know, and among those, Tim, is a you know, big one for us. It's MAW opening day. This is our seventh annual opening day. Two weeks from two days Yesterday. ago. No, no, two days ago. They're all saying, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, it's the way. Uh, very bad. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that, we're, we're looking forward to this. It's our biggest regular season tournament ever, 24 teams. Um, beating our previous high of 20 teams for the 2021 opening day. Is that the only time we had 20 teams? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so obviously we're really excited about this. A lot of top teams, you know, the country coming in. Um, you know, sort of a goal of ours was to get um, the top eight from UWIF last year. You know, usual suspects would be here, but they had some conflicts. 603 we didn't really hear from. Um, despite reaching out, um, well, we got you know six out of the top eight. We got a, a lot of other you know just top teams in the country, a lot of your big MAW teams, a lot of other stuff. So you know, should be a really really great tournament. Uh, we're really looking forward to that, and that's going to be the we're, we're, ah, that's what we're going to talk about today um, on this show. It's just kind of previewing that um, tournament because um, it, it should be a really big one. So. Here's what I want to start with, Tim. We, we, we talked about how there are several teams that are, you know, coming in from non-MAW regulars coming in from out of state um, that had big years in 2022. Just, you know, which of those teams, you know, you give me more than one. Are you really looking forward to seeing? And then, and, you know, especially why? Um, yeah, so, um, you know, 
Circle City obviously is, you know, right there at the top of that list. Um, you know, they're fantastic 2022. Um, you know, it it's it's hard to um be great year in, year out. So I think this is a another this this is good for them regardless um regardless of how they do i think they're going to i think they're going to play absolutely well but it's a an, it's another thing of they're still young to this style of the game and um you know the more exposure you get and the more you know reps you get the you know the better you get here so uh they're one um you know tc35 um you know has been consistently you know very good for years um you know they've they've picked up a kid from Kansas, um, you know, who's a, who's a, yeah. Who's, you know, very good. Um, you know, they, again, this is another team like circle city who've only, you know, really competed at a national level outside of their home state. Right. And, um, so again, another opportunity to play more and to just, you know, get more reps on the TC 35 is very experienced as well as the end circle city is too. That's not to say that they aren't, um, you know, I, th- those are the two that, you know, come to mind, you know, right off the bat, I'm interested to see the, um, Las Vegas Whifflers, um, you know, that they're, they're an interesting team, you know, on a, a couple of different levels. I, you know, they've played, you know, in the national tournament, what the last, six years or five years or just four years uh i mean just you with the last three years but before that you know uh if you go back a few more if you go back a a few more further years oh okay well so so well that that makes my point a a little bit more again this uh, you know a a chance to you know get another opportunity to play and some of the best and you know see where you are in april and like i think people are um you know it's I, I think, you know, people see that you don't want to play every Saturday at, you know, and go all out every Saturday for, you know, 16 to 20 weeks right. a year. But you're also seeing teams that play more and get those reps are the ones who are now, you know, dominating the sport and because they're comfortable and there's no there's not too much of a pressure situation for them because they've been through all of the different pressure situations um so you know so i got that yeah so th- those are the three teams for me at least yeah and it, it's just you know the, the more sort of reps you get against top level competition yeah the better off you are and these guys um what i love about this from like it's a you know a wiffle ball promoter standpoint um, is that, yeah, like, you know, TC 35 and the skull crushers had these big, you know, tournaments last year at United wiffle ball, and they still want to come out here in 2000 and 20 to start 2023. And they want to, you know, test themselves against the best and get, you know, and get better and keep on going. And that's really cool to see. Um, So I I think you kind of nailed the top four there, Tim. Um, with you know those uh teams you mentioned um just a couple others uh that i w- would say i'm you know really sort of looking forward to seeing that are not maw regulars um are the cajuns um and this this isn't the cajuns team from 
you know, from, from 2023, uh, 2022 United Wiffle Ball, it's a more of a all-star type team from the West coast, but uh, obviously tons of talent and really looking forward to seeing how they gel and how they play. And that's Andrew Ledet, Randy Dalby, Sylvie Serrano, Jonathan Dalby, Will Marshall, Ryan and Ryan Roush, Roush. I don't know how you pronounce his last name from uh um, PLW out in Las Vegas. That's a really stacked team, obviously. Just a lot of really good players. Just a lot of really good players and a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, a, a team that, that 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 should, you know, should do really, really well. Um, so you mentioned Connor J. So I'll just talk a little bit about him. But then I want your thoughts, Tim, on some, um, you know, some players that, some younger players that, or maybe playing in their first MAW tournament, maybe play, maybe they've been around MAW for a while that you're interested in seeing. Um, Connor, like you said, he's played for TC35. He's from Kansas. He played with Tom Gannon and someone else um, out in MLW's tournament in uh, Texas in December of 2022. Um, played really well. I know Gannon just raves about him, says he's a hard thrower. He's a big, tall guy. Um, really good player. So TC35 got beat by him, picked him up for this tournament. Um, really interested in seeing him. He's a guy that's kind of followed Wiffle Ball for a while. Um, but as far as I know, I think MLW, that MLW tournament's kind of his first foray into, you know, big time competitive fast switch Wiffle Ball. And he uh, really acquitted himself very well. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. Is there is there someone else that kind of pops out to you in that same vein? Uh yeah. So uh Sean Kokuza um for the Yaks. He is Skip's brother. Brother. Um so he's twenty-one or twenty-two. He was, you know, a baseball player. He played at the um Chesapeake League, uh uh, I guess. MAW opening day warm-up tournament uh, the last weekend in March and um, looked very good and like, you know, struggled in his first game hitting and by the third game all against, you know, pretty good pitching, you know, was back in there. Um, so he's definitely someone just because, you know, it's it's hard these days to get uh, true rookies. Yeah, I definitely would have chosen um, Connor Jaso. Um I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a third one. Sure. Just speaking about that uh, Maryland Chesapeake warm up tournament, uh, Drew Cheney, who plays for the Dinos, he's from Virginia. Where, where yeah, so- Southern Virginia. Southern I wish I should know. Um, I want to say Chesapeake, but I don't think that's right. No, that's not right. <laughs> um, I don't even know if it's close, but he, 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 I think he exceeded expectations at that tournament. Like I saw his bullpens. Um, you know, he was, he, he's an Instagram pitcher. Um, you know, just one of those guys. And the Dinos picked him up, and you never quite know what to expect of those guys. But he acquitted himself really, really well against some, you know, players that have experience before. Went three and zero on the day in that Chesapeake tournament. Got the Dinos to the finals, and his, you know, he ran out of steam, and they smartly um, didn't pitch him in the finals. Put Sidorov in instead, but he had really good stuff. Uh, multiple pitches, but like what really impressed me is he was getting guys out early in the tournament with just his drop pitch. So he just he stuck with that early, just kept throwing that. So that's why I was going to say. So yeah, he's kind of a little bit of a throwback in that you know he is you know and by throwback I mean like when we started playing when you know some teams really only had one pitcher, right? And you know if you were going to be good, well if you weren't you know at the top level of your game, 
you know, you did what worked and, you know, against the great teams, yeah, they're going to beat you because you're just seeing one pitch. But yeah, he, that, that was what reminded me of, I was like, oh, this kid would have been, you know, um, just very welcomed in terms of like the 98 to like 2000 scene. And, um, you know, he doesn't have a ton of velocity, but he's a left-hander, which, um, you know, you just don't see a ton of lefties, um, anymore. And, you know, he throws strikes and he's got good stuff, you know, and again, you know, this is his, this will be his, you know, second, like actual tournament, his first true tournament. And, um, yeah, it should be exciting, you know, to see what he's able to do, you know, not just that opening day, but throughout the season. Um, you know, I also think the horsemen have, um, you know, a couple of guys that have never played or well, Joey Lloyd played a little bit last year, but he didn't pitch. Um, and then they got two young guys, three young guys. Um, let me see what their names are. Uh, so yeah, Mike, Mike Hamwich, Jake Knapp, and I don't have the third guy's name as, as a later edition, but all three from CP Elite. And those guys, um, they were excellent on the mound from 40 feet in the Chesapeake Indoor League. Um, and they didn't look overmatched on no. March 26th. And it was, I mean, it was rainy, it was windy the whole day. I, you know, I like so if you did pitch well that day, you know, you can clearly pitch in a lot of situations. If you didn't pitch well, I don't think that's indicative of how good you are. So, like that's those are some more guys. A lot of true rookies, and that's that's uh that's exciting. Yeah, and the last true rookie I, I want to mention before we move on to sort of that middle category of um guys that maybe have some experience but are newer to MAW that we're interested in seeing um is and, and I have no idea. So Las, Las Vegas Whifflers is kind of you know sort of the team you would expect from it's a um, Steve Trapez, Matt Trapez, um, you know, as, as really, and Adam Bonat is there, you know, that's, that's, that's that core you think of when you think of Las Vegas Whifflers and then Jordan Bonat, um, that's, um, Adam son, um, who's, you know, really established himself here in the UF era. Um, and then Jay Ventresco's play with from a black dog country club, but they got the sixth guy, um, who I literally know nothing about, uh, Kaden Kometoki, um, know nothing about but just the fact that they've except that you know he i think i did a little research um and he seems to be jordan's age and he's pitched you know community college baseball the last few years so i gotta think if those guys picked him up just the way they brought jordan along you kind of have to assume that this guy's got some you know got some real upside and some real talent so like i'm i I always love when you get this player that you know nothing about um that comes in and, but you kind of have reason to believe that he's going to be really good. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Um, I don't know if he pitches, I don't know if he hits, I don't know what the deal is, but looking forward to seeing him. Cause he's, I got a pretty, pretty good feeling. Like he's going to be talented. Yep. So yeah, moving on to like that sort of middle category. So who's some guys from like, um, and, and I'll start here again too. Like, you know, that have played been around the block, but haven't played in MAW yet that you're, you know, looking forward to seeing, um, you know, one that jumps off the page for me and he's played in MAW before, but just the winter classics. I'm, I'm carving that out. Um, that's Brett Colaudi, um, for the dinos. And that was way, that was the first winter classic, wasn't it? That was the last winter classic, oh, was it? Oh, okay. but it was very early in his wiffle ball career. Okay. If that's what you're thinking, um, his rookie season, him and his brothers rookie season and BWBL up in, uh, Wilkes-Barre was, um, the year before um and he pitched well and he's pitched 
well every year in you with and he you know he he really seems like a guy he really seems like a guy that's taken to the style is going to take this style more so good pitcher pretty good you know bat um i'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do especially surrounded on that dinos team by you know you talked about drew cheney he can pitch mike collins can pitch a little Sidorov can pitch you know um when needed um against certain teams so like he, he's, he's he's surrounded by more people than i think he has been in fast pitch wiffle ball to date and i'm really interested in seeing what he can do with that this is a little bit of a cop-out but this is true because i just don't know them at all but the you know the dark knights is a team no, no, that's, venturing yeah. from you know being a team that started in golden stick yard and did the exact thing that you do played in every tournament and guess what eventually they you know they won tournaments they yeah. they became good started winning stuff in tournaments that are hard to win because it's you know it's it, those are dominated um you know specifically by um the enemy the enemy and so this is their you know like first venture out into you know um fast pitch and so that'll you know that'll be an interesting experience it's you know it, you can you can come the first time and just have just be good and have things you know go well there's certainly there's certainly i don't think we're going to be fooled hitting wise i think you know just because you still see enough good pitching in yard you know even though it's a little you know speed restricted but i think the make or break will be their pitching yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I was if you didn't mention them, I was going to mention them. And a, a, a team along the same vein are. Um, so we mentioned last week that unfortunately, uh, eighty point four. I don't know if I'm saying that how they intended to say, but uh, which is the MLW team that was supposed to be in this tournament, unfortunately couldn't get enough players, so they um, had to drop out. But we had we had a, a waiting list going, so it's no problem getting a. Uh, a substitute there. We still hope to see these guys of uh, this Jimmy, Jimmy yeah, Norplet team guy. Yeah, they said they'll, you know, they'll be here this year. So um, I'm holding them to that. <laughs> yeah. So we, we definitely hope you know, to still see them. So there's a lot of good players on that team. But, uh, um, you know, things keep spinning. So we, we, we replaced them with the, uh, um, the, uh, the first team on the waiting list, which w- were the Long Island Dumps. Um, who are in you know in addition to their great name, yes, um, the team name of the year yeah. you know so far. Yeah. Uh, um, also have some wolf ball experience. You know, played it looks like one New York UR tournament last year, and then they played in Gaul this year, and then they've also added, um, you know, a veteran to their team. We'll release all this stuff on um, you know, early this week, uh, the updated rosters and the updated teams, that that's the only replacement team. But there again, same vein as New York Knights, obviously far less experience than New York Knights, but same vein, kind of interested in seeing what they do here in fast pitch. Yeah. And like, I, I definitely respect any team too, that just jumps in yeah. and dives in and, you know, says, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of players or not a lot. I've seen a few players who, you know, have stayed away from playing because, you know, they'll, you know, they play maybe locally or they don't even play locally and they, you know, because they don't think they're good enough yet. And, you know, in most cases, that's not, you know, that's just not true. So anyone who jumps in right away, even if they, you know, struggle early, I, you know, I think they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, one last person, uh, Nico Ruiz will be making what I assume is his 
just fast, but definitely his fast pitch Whipple debut, you know, outside of a neighborhood thing. Um, yeah, maybe his overall. Yeah. yeah, maybe his overall. And, you know, again, you know, what is he? 12, 13. Um, I think he's 14. 14. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know that he's 14, but. Oh, no, he I, may, think yeah, I, I think he's older. Than I think he's in eighth grade. I don't think he's in high school. I have no idea what kids' age is. Okay, yeah. Nico, sorry if you listen to this. Uh, you know, um, but so he's, you know, one, he's playing with, you know, a couple of veterans and Devin Torres and Kenny Stangle and um, and Cam Smith, if he's there. And he will be there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, I, I think this is a, another good, you know, jumping in point um, to, you know, everyone's debut goes different and um but i just think you know i i think i think it'll be definitely exciting for him and i think it'll just be interesting to see you know um how you know how he adjusts even if it's you know something like you know game to game or even at bat to at bat um because depending on who they draw first you know you could be facing a you know premier pitcher game one depending on who you draw and yeah, and just one one more team and one more player in this vein. Uh, first, the player is Nick Pugh for the Red Barons. This is another BW. This is a this is the full BWBL team. There's some BWBL players on uh, the Dinos, um, but Nick is a you know really talented pitcher. He's really done well the last few years in BWBL. He threw well last year at United Wiffle, um, pitching for Scared Hitless. Uh, pitched really well against the Cajuns. Uh, just had you know one inning, and and they were up, and you know it was just kind of one of those games that like uh, one of those games that really stood out as like an experience game. It's just the team with a little more experience where it was able to edge it out. But like you know, he really pitched well that game, and like you watch that game, and you think they should have won, but it was just a team with a little more experience. I'm really seeing, I'm really interested in seeing at what he's going to do with a full season under his belt. And I want to shout out the RV Rabs real quick from New Jersey. Yeah. They played in our Staten Island tournament last year. Just jumped right in. Um, you know, loved Wolf Ball, got into it through MLW, your usual story there. You know, they are kids. They're the, you know, similar age to, um, you know, to a Nico or to, you know, some of these, you know, legitimately kid age teens. They also played in United Wiffle Ball last year at, um, or they played at United Wiffle Ball in the MLW National Championship Tournament. Um, they lost to the MLW All-Stars, uh, the MLW Rising Stars, I'm sorry, um, in round robin, one nothing. And you could see, again, the man was, you know, in a little further, but you could see the jump up in play from them just, you know, over what two months two months yeah um you know that team was loaded with talent you know dallas allen um trey flood just you know, a lot of really good players um jackson pearson and they held they you know they all lost to him one nothing um, so i'm really interested in seeing what they can do out here yep all right so last thing before we kind of get into the logistics of this is just um so let me see if you agree with me. I would say the top three heading into this tournament um, would be the Juggernauts, and I, I may I may bump this up to four if I have to. The Juggernauts, um, Earl with Ink. Would you agree with so that? So those would that would have been my top three, and then and then it gets... well that's so so okay so yeah. okay, so you're you're a step ahead of me. So that that's the next question, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the next three, but of and what I'm asking here is like. You know, all the teams we just talked about, um, 
and all the teams we haven't talked about. Like we, I, I could have put the Lee Lehigh Valley uh, team uh, captain by Sean Huff in, in one of those categories. We could have talked about the Lemonheads in different categories, et cetera, you know, uh, and on and on. But like of the MAW regulars, because I we expect those three to kind of be regulars or semi-regulars. What would be your next three teams? So getting rid of all the teams that you know maybe are just one-offs. One-off, or okay, because yeah, the the meets would have been in there, but they're definitely a one-off this year. So it it would be uh, Stompers, Long Balls, maybe, and, and you know what? And Yaks, um, Yaks are gonna be a little bit down because they won't have Potter. For opening day, but they still have all the pitching they need. Um, Potter just can add offensively, you know, um, right. as well as anyone. Yeah, those those would be those would be my next three. Um, yep, and 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 I that, that was exactly what my next three was, and then the two after that, I think that are you know, hundred percent in contention. There are the New York Dragons and New School Rogers. Yep. Drag, Dragons, just because I don't really know what their roster is going to be like. I think when we release the rosters and we'll have to follow up with Nick to see if he'll uh, <laughs> unveil who the final three are here. They only had three guys from what I understand. They had kind of have a full roster now. Um, and it just, you know, I wouldn't bet against Nick Lee and I wouldn't, you know, um, bet against him putting together a roster. And then obviously the risers are a team you kind of never bet against. So no. those would be my next two, but like you can just keep going down the list, yeah, you know, like- Boone squad and, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's just, it's, it's so stacked. I will, I don't know if you had this as a category or, um, no, we were done not. after this. So. Okay. So the, the team that I wouldn't want to face, you know, in game one or two would be the Lemonheads. I don't think the Lemonheads have enough pitching to, you know, go further, but just by the sheer hitting that they have. Oh, yeah. You know, they could they could score a ton of runs to the point that, okay, well, if, you know, Pete Slater pitches game one and they win that, well, then, you know, then they're in, you know, pretty good shape. And, you know, Polanco can go, you know, he can go at least two really good games. Maybe he can give a third. They just don't have anyone else beyond that. But I would not want to see them. And I wouldn't even want to see them in the third game either, right. you know, playing, you know, if they are in a role where they are playing spoiler. So, um, yeah, that would, you know, and I mean, and to your point there is like, maybe they don't even want to mess around with Pete. Maybe they just want to throw Polanco right yeah. out of the gate. And then that's really when you don't want to see this team first game. Cause yeah, they got Tim Beck and Pete Slater are just great veteran hitters. Yeah. And so is Dave Clark. And the reason I, sort of carve him out from the other two. It's just he hasn't played as much fast pitch recently, but he's a great hitter and it probably won't take him too many reps to, you know, to sort of get back into this. And if Polanco's on his game, like we saw at the wild card tournament last year, that's a dangerous team that guys are going to, that at the end of the day, you're right. You know, probably aren't going to finish, you know, top eight or, you know, or whatever, but you don't want to play that team early if they're ready to go. And Polanco has had to throw a lot in the past with almost no margin for error. This team gives him runs so he can give up a run or two and, you know, and, you know, most likely, you know, still be in great shape. Agreed. And and one last thing I I, want to mention, just this hasn't been any category, but, um, I guess this would fit into like the wiffle ball, the guys that have played a lot of wiffle ball, but uh, are making their, and he's not even making his MAW debut. So yeah, this would be no um, 
category, but is, is Josh Smith from old line Wiffle. Um, you know, he, he really has taken some steps up mm-hmm. these last couple of years. Um, I know he struggled at the old line opening day tournament, but he looked really good indoors. He looked really, he looked, you know, he looked good at times last year in MAW. I think he's kind of ready to, um, take that next step whether they're coming opening day or not as you know as old line still looks for their first fast pitch tournament win i think he's the guy when they get it if they get it he's going to be the guy that does it and it could very well happen at opening day yep all right okay so we went over all the teams there i think we, we mentioned at least something about every team in this field um now just to get into the logistics really quickly and we'll put this stuff out on social media you know if not monday early in the week, uh, but we want to go over the format real quickly. Format, very, very familiar to everyone that's played United Wiffle, to everyone that's played in 16-team MAW tournaments over the last several couple of years. Um, we are 24 teams, so we're going to do three um, three preliminary, three groups for the preliminary round that's very similar. Not very similar. It's, 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 it's exactly the same as the UWIF preliminary rounds from all three years. And it's the same as the 16 team tournaments from MAW the last two years. There'll be three um, brackets of eight teams playing, you know, what's a compass draw is what it's referred to um, normally. And that's a, that's a normal thing where you win, you play another one and O team, you win that game, you play another two and O team, you lose, you play another O one team, et cetera. Um, so what that shapes out to be in a 2014 tournament is you'll get one three and O team from each of those eight team brackets and you'll get three two and one teams from each of those eight team brackets so you have 12 teams in the playoffs um the three three and O teams will obviously get a body to the quarterfinals then the top two and one team and again this is very similar to united wiffle uh, the top three and top two and one team by the, the normal tiebreakers. And we'll release, we'll put those out, but they're the normal ones as always. Um, we'll also get that by to the quarterfinals and the other eight, two and one teams will play in a opening round. Then we get to a quarterfinals. We'll go down, down uh, until there's a winner. Yeah. And you want to, you want to go three and because oh, yeah. it actually, it matters here more than it does in United Wiffle, unfortunately. So you, you don't have to play an extra game. So if you're two and oh, you want to go for that, you know, that third win as hard as you can. Yeah. I mean, it just, we ran through all 24 teams there. That final 12 is going to be really good. There's going to be some really good teams that go two and one. There's going to be some really good teams that go one and two. Yeah. But there's going to be some really good teams that go two and one, and you don't want to have to play them in the round of 12. You just want to get straight to the, uh, um, to the final four. And, and also, yeah, like when we've done this, this bracket with 16 teams that hasn't mattered as much because if you went three and oh there's still maybe a good two and one yeah. team and you're still playing the first round but for the 24 teams that buy really becomes big and you yeah. really really want it and you know that the the team that gets bumped up i think the first isn't it it's going to be runs allowed that's what so it don't allow any runs yeah and you yeah know, it's not run differential so you know yeah you can score as many as you want but don't let anything up yeah, now you got to come out of the gate um, pitching your best. And again, the reason for that, as it always is, is because run score can be very dependent on who you're facing. Yeah. Um, if you're facing a lesser team, you could put up 10 runs and you didn't really do anything. Runs allowed is runs allowed. Like that's, yeah. you know, good and bad teams. Um, it's hard to keep them off the, not bad teams, but good and in, in, in less talent, less experienced teams. Uh, it's hard to keep them off the board. 
Um, and then because there are so many talented teams in this and because, you know, and yeah, we're just completely humbled every single year we're humbled by the support that we get here um, because there's so many talented teams that's coming from far distances and stepping out of their comfort zones in different ways, you know, whether they're golden stick yard teams or whatever, just traveling long distances, we want to make sure everyone gets their money's worth. So um, we're going to have nine fields. We're going to have six satellite fields and three fields at the main location at Chai park. And then six at Dallas town community park to get us through pool play. Because we, since we're setting up those fields anyway, we figure we might as well use them. So there'll also be a consolation bracket. Um, every team that goes one and two, so there'll be nine one and two teams will be entered into this consolation bracket. The last two teams by the tiebreakers will play a play-in game, and then we'll just play an eight-team single elimination tournament. Um, those will just be four inning games, um, and we'll just play those through until there's a winner. Um, but we wanted to do that just yeah, to give everyone their money's worth because there, there's going to be some good teams that oh, yeah. don't make this. And it's not just money's worth. We also want, you know, there's also going to be point implications to this. The winner of that um, consolation tournament will get 13th place in the tournament. And, you know, with, with all these sort of out of, you know, one-time teams, out of state teams in this tournament, if you're an MAW regular, you really want to get those points because yeah. this is probably going to be the most points you're going to get at any single tournament. Almost definitely for thirteenth, um, you know, this year in MAW. So you you want those extra points. We we'll also have a cash prize for the winner. Um, you you don't play yourself back in. This is just a consolation yeah. tournament. It's separate from the twelve team championship tournament. But there's gonna be a lot of good teams there. Um, there'll be a, a good cash prize. It'll be worth your while. Um, it just gives everyone a little more time to play. Yep. Um, just a. Few other things. So each each compass, each group of eight will have three fields. So you won't be constantly playing, but you'll be, you know, you'll be one right up there. one down. So uh five inning games, you know, we'll see, you know, we're probably gonna try to do one clean for you know all the prelim rounds, and then we'll see where we're at on the day. Um, you know, when it comes to all the extra innings as we advance on in. Um, all of this stuff also will come out in a captain's email um, sometime, probably not this week, probably a week from today, because um, we'll probably announce the draw in that captain's email and along on social media. So, um, yes. So I found. Oh, sorry. Nice, I got, nice. I got Siri to come up there. But yeah, so to Tim's point about the draw and stuff, um, We'll, we'll see whether we do that live or how we do that. Unfortunately, um, I think a couple of us are kind of really, really busy going into this tournament. So uh, we'll just, we'll have to see how we do that. I really still want to do it live because I think the live draw is really a ton of fun. Um, but we'll, we'll let everyone know exactly what we're going to do with that when it gets closer. Um, and then like Tim said, we'll have all those, you know, anyone that's played an MAW tournament before, um, you know, knows that everything pretty much, you know, stays the same. We, we get everything out there beforehand. So don't, don't expect any surprises, but we like to get everything out there beforehand. So you have it um, trying to see what the weather looks like coming into this. I think it's, you know, looking pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, well, well, a few showers. A few showers. They, 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 they just changed that, but seventy-two. It was sunny a day ago, so we're, we're still too far out. But um, you yeah. know, again, we got enough fields. We'll get through all of this. Just yeah, yeah, just fine. Um, it should be 
you know, cross your fingers. It shouldn't be, it, it shouldn't be cold weather. It should at least be nice. And hopefully, you know, we avoid any sort of substantial rain. Um, yeah. And it should be a great tournament. Yeah. We're very excited. It's going to be, um, I mean, it's going to be a battle. I don't, you know, we named the teams we thought, you know, have the, you know, inside edge, but that those three teams could end up one and two. I mean, you know, you, 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 just you really don't know. know. Yeah. And that's, that's why I wanted to see the consolation because it very well could end up being that it's going to, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, we just, we can't thank everyone enough yeah. who's traveling for this. who's trying us out for the first time who um, is taking a chance um, in the name of competition to, you know, to, to come out and compete, you know, um, you know, even, even knowing, you know, deep down that, you know, it's a long shot. Those are the teams that drive wiffle ball. Those it's those teams that come out here, you know, time and time again, that really make the sport. It's not the, it's not the top players to play once a year or twice a year. It's the guys that are always out there, always willing to give it their all, always willing to test themselves against the competition. Um, that not only drives the sport, but often, get rewarded for it. You know, th- those are the ones that become the great teams. There's a lot of teams like that here. And just, we're just, we're, we're, we, we couldn't believe this seven years ago that we'd be riding an opening day tournament with 24 teams after we were what, like less than 72 hours away from our first tournament. Only had three. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and 24, just at a high, high level. level. Yeah. I mean, just stacked. So yeah, we do. We appreciate it big time. And, it's going to be a lot of fun on the 22nd. Yep. Can't thank everyone enough. Um, and we will be back right before that tournament next week, um, less than a week before for our third Monday episode, um, hopefully with a special guest or two. Um, and then we'll be back for the final April show of this season. The week after that recapping um, was hopefully a great opening day. Um, I'm sure it will be. And then, the weekly schedule continues as as uh, as normal this season. Tim Dean will be in tomorrow. Wednesday will be um, Trent and Austin, along with um, I, I. I think if I if I understood their podcast correctly on Wednesday, um, Austin Hovis and uh, Evan Sibbett will be guest hosts for the entire um, uh, entire April run of the Wednesday shows this week this uh, this month. Then um, a new Missouri host on Thursday. Sam Skibby hosted last week's show. Check that out if you didn't. And there'll be a, a different host, um, different Missouri with football player host this Thursday. And then Josh Smith uh, from West Virginia on Friday. So check all those out and we'll see you next time.